kind of have to keep learning. You know, we, we call ourselves email marketing experts, but very few of us, I believe, are actually experts. Like, who knows everything about everything? I think very few of us do that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I listen to podcasts uh, every every month. I read content on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I buy courses from from other competitors of mine or other people in, in, in you know, like they're doing the same thing as me. And maybe they're, they've been doing it for longer. They've been doing it better. I'm always trying to better myself. And I think the number one mistake you can do in email marketing or in any other sort of area as well is to, to thinking that you know everything. Because that's when you get stuck uh, in your own ways and that's when you stop uh, growing. Canadian Boxing, Bogdan Mihalache. Email marketing and for SaaS and e-commerce companies. And welcome back to another amazing episode of Inboxing. Today we have a very interesting guest um, who I really just met, and his name is Bogdan Mihalake. And uh, he's in London, and he's been there for five years apparently. And I'll let him tell his story, and, and we'll get into email marketing, because that's, that's his thing, and that's my thing, and uh, we love email here at Inboxing. So yeah, without any further ado, uh, please welcome Bogdan to Inboxing. Bogdan, well welcome you. to Inboxing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, without any further ado, yeah, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in email. Of course. And I'll try and keep it very short, not go too much into detail. But for everyone listening, uh, my name is Bogdan, and um, my core job right now is email strategist. I own Email Kong, which is a very small email marketing is here in London. Uh, and I also work in other capacities with a company as a marketing automation expert, handling mostly their CRM uh, setting. In terms of how I got into the email industry, you know, I've always been close to the end of the I started working in marketing literally as I finished right the, the series of my master's uh, around five years ago. And I started working events, managing marketing companies for trade exhibitions in the UK. Um, and while that job was always a bit of a 360 marketing, you know, ahead of TBS, advertising video, uh, it was pretty much in your hands on into to a whole tree, 160 of marketing. Um, email has always been something that I love doing. I remember having to work on our email campaigns and to get you know previous attendees to, to register uh, for the event again. And uh, because the email software at the time, it was quite limited, um, I had to literally pull out the data out of the email software, the CP data, and I remember going really deep diving into it and trying to segment the data manually and finding out different types of segment. And I was like, all right, cool. these guys are international, you know, put them in pod. these guys, you know, they have interest in technology, you'll put them in another pod. And that's kind of how I got my uh, intro into, into the world of email and segmentation and using data to sort of power your, your, your messaging to your audience. And, and I keep doing that until I, uh, you know, until, until I, I sort of upgraded to other email software. Then it was sort of my, my favorite part of the job, even though I had to manage the entire marketing pain and partners to, to, to the event and all of Email was always the thing that really drew me to it, and I loved managing the data side of things. And um, from, from that moment, doing that part of the job was most exciting for me, and it's kind of how I started having a passion for marketing. All right, so uh, you had a lot of experiences before you started EmailCon uh, just two years ago. So, what, you know, tell us about that journey. What took you to, to start that? 
Yeah, so um, a large part of my marketing career has been working as a marketing manager uh, for event companies. It was awesome. Like I got to work with some of the largest events in the UK and even worldwide as well. I think one of my favorites, I only worked with them for a couple of months, was definitely Festival of Market here in London, which is quite well known. I'm not sure if you've ever to have. And um, that was actually one of my, you know, I had a goal in my mind when I started working in events. I really work, would want to work marketing because it was the event they would want to attend in marketing and the, the whole event experience was incredible and it reformed my digital marketing skills and around 2020 I finally had the guts to switch from a band and start freelancing email marketing that's when I started sort of niche down to e-commerce and that's one that's where Il Kong was sort of born it was the actually went until later in October of last year the concept of me, me working freelancer and me starting this personal and which is Mo Kong, which obviously it's, it's the brand of my AC. That's kind of when, when it started. And, you know, it started with me working with Quark and find e-commerce stores on Upwork. And it was actually pretty incredible that I, I managed to reach top-rated level on Quark in around six months. And then actually, going back to the present, actually top-rate plus, just I think it's around the top 8% of freelancers uh, in the world. And um, this day, Upwork is one of my main avenues to find more commerce uh, uh, companies to talk to and, and to help them with email marketing. So that's kind of, to me, it all started in freelancing. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. You know, and I didn't realize, you know, like some agencies were growing, you know, with, you know, with like these talent freelance fibers of the world and Upwork and, you know, there's so many of them really. But yeah, great stuff. Okay, so what was the most surprising thing you've learned uh, about email marketing so far? I think most surprising thing you know, email marketing not just one job. It can be, but it won't be, a, you know, it won't be a function of your company performing at 100% if you ask me. And it won't have the same impact. Uh-huh. No, and you're absolutely right. Like, it's, um, and that's one of the challenges of growing an agency is really, like, you could have, you can envision your main agency with all these skill sets involved, but getting the retainers to cover all that, you know, is not so simple. But, you know, hands out to the, to the agencies that are doing it. <laughs> all right. All right, what do you find are the biggest challenges of growing email Kong? So, as I said, something I learned very recently, and it is, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, the part of educating your ideal customers, your clients. What I really found out is that you need to make sure your customer, your client, understands the value of the service that you're providing, right? Some of my best clients are e-commerce owners with a marketing background. They understand concepts of, of that in, in e-commerce that most e-commerce owners don't. Like, you know, what is a customer journey? What is zero and first party data? And how can that really help me? You know, you're offering as part of your service, but what is that? You know, what is what is what is true what does it truly mean to segment your audience? What what's a core engaged segment? People that really understand the value in these concepts and what you're offering, those are the ones that are gonna end up working with you long term and you can develop a great relationship with them. But the main challenge of growing an email agency is finding these great clients that understands the problems that they probably don't even don't even know they have. And a solution to that to kind of, because I'll, I'll offer the solution as well, something that has worked for me really well is creating content, finding, you know, choosing a social channel that you want to own, whether that's LinkedIn, whether that's Instagram, whether that's a podcast, and then creating content, delivering value time and time again across different topics and hoping, not hoping, but trying to have the followers of that channel to be your ideal customers, right? They'll see your content once, twice, three times. They'll understand concepts that you're explaining in there. Uh, you know, so instead of focusing to, to explain that on a sales page, you, they just consume your content. And then when they're ready to work with you, 
they'll be ready and they'll know why they need to work with you. They know the, they'll know the problem and then they'll understand the solution that you're offering a lot better. And this is a concept that I picked up from Chris Walker at Refine Labs. It's this, this guy I'm following on LinkedIn and he's absolutely phenomenal. And he talks about the concept of dark social and how you, if you really want to succeed at getting really highly qualified clients is to, to post content continuously to use this sort of idea of, of, of the pyramid triangle sort of content where, you know, you have one big piece of content and then you sort of divide it into smaller pieces of content and then targeting your ideal customers on that specific channel. And then, you know, eventually they will want to work with you. They'll send you a message on LinkedIn. They'll, whatever, they'll send you a DM on Instagram. They, they will inquire to work from you, work with you. And that sale will be a lot easier to close. All right. That's, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I was very impressed with your uh, Instagram account. Like you're putting out great content. So I'll try. You know, yeah, I try. <laughs> yeah, you really are. So, you know, hats off to that. All right. So you have a top five, you know, I mean, there's obviously a million different tips you can give, but what do you say? Like you think, feel like are like maybe the top five things people should keep in mind or tips, you know? As yeah, we- I was, um, I was reviewing this, uh, this morning and I was trying to come up with five because as you said, there's quite a, quite a few of them. And even when I write blogs, I try to, or whatever, I try not to, to write 35,000 tips <laughs> in email marketing. So I really try to, to, to niche it down to just the really most important ones. And I think I pretty much found them. The number one for me, and this is something I actually not learned recently, more like started thinking about it recently. It's that you should only learn the fundamentals of email marketing, at least in the beginning, and only apply the fundamentals and don't overcomplicate it. Some of the, the most chaotic accounts I've seen out there and some of the most you know not so proficient proficient freelancers I've seen out there, they try and innovate the industry with every single client. And they try to build these incredible flows from the very beginning. And it's like, it's not needed. Focus on the fundamentals, you know, setting up your account, build a preference center, create your core engage sequence. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, make sure you focus on deliverability first when you send email campaigns and not on revenue. That's it, right? First three months, focus on deliverability. Don't try and sell to them. Money will come, uh, but I think that should be the main priority. Did that a few times, optimize, learn from mistakes, and then move on to the difficult stuff. So that's number one for me. Number two is to not, and this is, a, you'd say this is obviously an obvious one, but I just need to mention it because even I think last week I've I've met with the, an e-commerce store and they were doing this this exact thing is to not send emails to your entire list. And I have to mention it because again, a lot of people are doing it. There's so many brands out there that they're damaging their email email reputation by continuously sending emails, sell campaigns, blogs, uh, emails from the founder, whatever, you know, surveys, they send it to their entire email list all the time. And what a lot of them don't know is that by doing that, by continuously sending emails to people that probably don't even open or click through your emails over three, four, five, six months at a time, this will damage your uh, your email de- deliverability and your emails will start ending up more in the promotions tab or even worse in the spam tab. Um, and these people that probably they don't want to hear from you, they'll start uh, reporting your emails as spam and they'll start unsubscribing. And it's just something you want to avoid. You want to have a, uh, you want to create the um, impression of low frequency, but actually have a high frequency. So when you look into your email account, you're sending emails every week, but you're not sending emails to the same people. So that will you know, it will keep your account engaged um, by applying, obviously, segmentation. Number three, and it sort of is the opposite of what I just said, but, you know, it, it does need to be to be action as well, is to target your inactive customers. Don't give up on them. A lot of people that I see, they don't target their inactive customers. You know, people that have bought from them once and then never engage with them again, they just leave them 
on the side. They focus on acquisitions and they focus on, on you know, repeat customers and they sort of, they neglect this part of, of their business. And I think that's, that's a huge mistake. You can definitely do that by doing two things, very simple things, either create win-back campaigns where you target these specific customers with personalized offers, or if you want to automate it and you, you can invest a bit of more money or a bit more time creating a win-back flow that automatically targets customers every time they become an active. Number four, this is something again that I got into last year and I'm a huge advocate of it, is to focus on zero and first-party data. You know, when a subscriber joins your list, ask them more questions, what do they like, who they are, and use this data to power your future flows and, and, and campaigns. I think you can you can do these this thing on two potential points during your customer journey, either pre-purchase on sign-up or post-purchase right after they purchase from you. And this is mainly just with first-time customers. You can definitely apply it to repeat customers as well, but you have to, to sort of make it a bit more strategically. And another thing is to make sure that if you sync this data with your email provider, don't like, you know, if you send a survey to your customers and, you know, you have 25 questions in there, don't sync all of those questions with your email provider. It will end up messy and cluttered. And I've been on that side of things and I had in Clavio, like from Typeform, a whole bunch of things in there <laughs> that I didn't know what to do with. And it's, it yeah, it can end up clut- clut- very, very, very cluttered. So definitely just use the ones that you actually intend on using for uh, segmentation. And I think the last one is more of a stereotypical one is you, you kind of have to keep learning. You know, we we call ourselves email marketing experts, but very few of us, I believe, are actually experts. Like who knows everything about everything? I think very few of us do that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I listen to podcasts uh, every every month. I read content on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I buy courses from from other competitors of mine or other people in, in, in you, know, you know, like they're doing the same thing as me. And maybe they're, they've been doing it for longer. They've been doing it better. I'm always trying to better myself. And I think the number one mistake you can do in email marketing or in any other sort of area as well is to, to thinking that you know everything because that's when you get stuck uh, in your own ways and that's when you stop uh, uh, growing. Email marketers who run high volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success. And that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action-based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hilleberg.com slash OnGage and discover what OnGage can do for you. All right. That was a really good five. So well done on that. All right. So let's go a little future. You know, I usually ask this, you know, what do you think won't change about email in the next five years? You know, I mean, we say, how do you think it's emails changing? Let's do both sides of it. What's going to change? What's not going to change? What's going to change? I think to start on what's going to change, you know, unfortunately for many, we do live in a post iOS 15 world, which it has been talked about time and time again. And to me, reading more and more about it is not necessarily just my own opinion. This is my own opinion that has been formed from, you know, getting knowledge from others as well. It does sort of mark the beginning of the end for the cookie era and third party data era. And, you know, we can already see that we can, no, I don't know about how you, what you see with, with some of the, the, the stores maybe that you're working with, the companies that you're working with, but we can already see that we can know, we, we can't rely on opens anymore. Like, you know, it does affect metrics. So you kind of have to become clever with it and exclude that from, from, from your segments. And yeah, it, and I think, you know, focusing on, on first party and zero party data to, to better your strategy on email is 
going to be the main thing that's going to change about email marketing. And as I said before, you can definitely do that by just thinking of new ways of where you can ask your customers more questions. And, you know, whether you want to do that with a multi-step pop-up at the very beginning and you ask them like a few different questions and then you sync those with your uh, data when you want to do it post-purchase, whether you have like a little survey tagged, uh, not tagged, embedded on your thank you page. There's definitely a lot of ways that, you know, that you can do that using other sort of integrations with, with whatever email provider you're using to, to make sure data is part of your core strategy. I think also uh, what else that I have in here is, right, um, I, I also believe that one thing that's also going to change is that email is going to become a more complex function of every single company out there, not just e-commerce. I, I really believe that more brands will start investing in, in, in specific email designers and, and email technical developers and, and email copywriters and people that will only be focused on email because it's such it has such a great potential and most companies don't know that. Uh, I think the question here is, you know, moving towards that era, if more companies will start investing in agencies and they'll outsource that part of the company or they'll take it in-house, they'll, they'll, they'll put that investment long-term to create an, a standard operate, operating procedure for their email marketing department and how that's going to work moving forward, making it easier for them to hire new staff in the future. So if someone leaves, you, you already know how that function of your company is working. So it's not going to be that much of a, uh, of a damage to your email strategy. So it's kind of like, what, what, what are most brands going to choose, having an agency or doing it in-house? And that's an interesting question about what's not going to change. I think what's not going to change is that, you know, email will continue to be a very, very strong uh, uh, channel for, for most companies, if, if not even stronger than, than it is currently. I think a lot of brands are looking at email just as a retention channel. But, you know, it can be a, a huge growth factor within your business. And I think, you know, that 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 sort of meme, you know, you know, marketing is dead will 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 be dead on itself pretty soon because no one will ever think that uh, it is here to stay. And I, I actually I was I was I was actually uh, I saw a very uh, funny meme the other day where, you know, it's kind of like this guy says like, oh, email marketing is dead. Now, excuse me, I have to go check my email. And <laughs> I think that's that that that's how it is. Like we'll we'll continue to read email. It is continuously the number one form of communication for for most brands. Even though now we have Slack and other things like that, email will still be a constant in our inbox, and um, that's that's what's not going to change. For sure, for sure. I mean, like I and I have on Liz Willits uh, tomorrow, um, and and the way I discovered her, she's an email copywriter. Really, she's a general copywriter, but she definitely uh, knows a thing or two about email. But she, you know, the post that went viral, the first post I saw from her was, but she said, like, she compared it to, like, people saying, like, coffee's dead. No one's drinking coffee anymore. It doesn't work. It doesn't even wake you up. Yeah, yeah. It's just the stupidest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah email is obviously really important and it's growing in importance all the time. Um, and I see that, you know, I, I've noticed even, I think, more, you know, B2B companies are hiring, like, email managers and knowing that, like, their email success is really important in, in the email channel is is a driver of revenue and, and of customers um and they can't really exactly just, you know pick it like a back office boy kind of kind of job awesome um, all right we've actually reached the end of the show and um this is just a you know you could just you know actually someone once gave like 20 minutes on this but it's your final thoughts whatever you want to <laughs> there's no pressure it could Fine. be two minutes or it could be a minute or it could be you know as long I as did prepare this one. I think I, you know, I wanted to have this inspirational final final bit. But 
at at the end of the day, you know, whoever wants to find it inspirational or not, you know, as as a as a final thought for for everyone listening, you know, I think I see email marketing as an area that more and pe- more and more people want to get into. More and more agencies are, are 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 being created every day, and more and more freelancers. If you look on on platforms like Upwork or Fiverr, there's tens and tens and tens of thousands of freelancers offering email marketing services just for e-commerce. Um, so for everyone that wants to get into email marketing or for everyone that's already doing email marketing, I would have one piece of advice is like, don't try everything at the same time. So to expand on what I just earlier, I would say learn how to progress slowly into the role. You know, personally, I'm a huge fan of sophisticated email automation. I spend loads of time creating fancy customer journeys and flowcharts for my clients every week. However, I think what most people need to understand is that most of the time, especially at the beginning, sticking to the fundamentals will drive more than, I don't know, 90% of your results, right? And it's really a simple process. And I actually took the time to just put a few bullet points on what I think. Obviously, it's very simplified, but if you, if you follow these steps, I genuinely think you, you, you won't fail. Uh, on on setting up an email marketing strategy for an e-commerce source, for example. Um, I think the very first thing you want to do is to, as I said, make sure you collect data on sign up using some sort of multi-step pop-up software and use that data to synchronize it with your email provider and use that data to further synchronize it with the other uh, uh, marketing channels that you're using, right? If you can, you can definitely sync uh, um, your data to Facebook or something like that. Number two is to to create your core email flows, right? You don't have to, as I said earlier, I see a lot of people overcomplicating it and, and trying to innovate the welcome flow or innovate the abandoned checkout flow. And in, in fact, you don't need to innovate it. If you follow a fundamental strategy of just setting it, setting it up correctly, having good copy, great design, making sure that it fits all during your customer journey, you know, it will work. So create your welcome flow, your abandoned checkout flow, browse abandonment, customer thank you. These are the ones that I, I feel will have the most impact in the beginning, you know, on sign up and on purchase. And obviously uh, targeting people that you already have on your email list, which is the, what the browse abandonment is for. Um, you, you won't fail if you just set these up correctly. I think the next one is to create your core engage segments. It's, I see a lot of people, people skip this step as well. You know, they, they create the flows and they start sending campaigns right away and they're like, oh, I need to capitalize on my list right away. So I'm sending it to the whole list. Don't do that. Create your engage segments. Make sure you really spend enough time to create a, a comprehensive plan for your engage segments. There's definitely a lot of guides out there. There's definitely a lot of people that know how to do this. So spend a bit of time researching. Even if you go on your help desk for your email provider, they will tell you what you need to create. And and then and then if you want to start sending campaigns, as I said earlier, focus with the deliverability in mind, at least in the beginning, right? Be consistent with your campaign schedule and, and do not send only discounts to your audience. I think I forgot to mention this before, but this is something I see so often. And I used to do it with some of the brands in the beginning, and then I sort of grew out of it because I realized, well, wait a minute, there's other ways to engage your audience than just sending them a discount or creating a sale. Um, and instead, I think you should create a strong content strategy that maybe sort of applies to your whole 360 of marketing. So whatever you share on social media, whatever you share on other channels, make sure you sort of convert that that content into email content as well that sort of keeps your subscribers engaged all year round and trust me when they're ready to buy they will buy you don't need sell campaigns all the time and i think that's pretty much it right so like if you focus on these uh i think there are like five or six steps uh and if you fully control these steps then um you will uh you you will uh generate at least a healthy 20 percent of, of revenue from email i can guarantee that and then after you've set that up then you can start 
uh, looking and creating, I don't know, like a week-long sale campaign and adding a bit more complexity to that, or maybe creating a loyalty program or adding more branches to your flows. Um, all of these are great, but they're not needed at the very beginning. So focus on the simple things. Uh, and, and I think last thing I would say in terms of the email attributed revenue, because I see a lot of even agencies really and freelancers out there that promise I'm going to give you 50% of your revenue from email. Anything above 35% is too much. You're having issues if you're getting more than 40, 35% even uh, of your of your revenue from, from, from email. It means that you're top of the funnel has them you're not acquiring enough customers if you know more than 40 percent of your customers are only buying from email so don't fall into the trap of believing people that are promising you i'm going to get you 50 percent of your uh, of your revenue from email that is not a good thing it's a bad thing um so i think if you if you in the very first let's say uh in the first 12 months of hiring someone to manage your email marketing and they do create all of those core flows having 20 percent it's extremely good. It's good. It's healthy. You don't need more. If you want to do more and if you want to do a few more advanced stuff and if you want to, uh, uh, you know, increase the frequency of emails up to 35%, I think you're probably in the top, whatever, 5% of e-commerce stores that are doing email correctly. So that's it for me. Uh, obviously, I focus a lot on e-commerce because that's the the episode. There's a lot more things we can talk about and other, other types of email marketing. But for now, I would say um, I'll leave you with this. All right. Thank you. And thank you for joining us this morning or uh, this afternoon. Yeah, you're on, you're in London right now, right? I'm in London, yes. Yeah, so uh, it's sunny, afternoon. Sunny. It's yeah, it's sunny. Sun's bouncing off a window next door, right out to my face. <laughs> so it's a little blinding, but it's all right. But thank you so much for coming today. I really shared a lot, and a lot of value came out of this. So thank you so much. Uh, so thanks again to uh, Bogdan Milache uh, or Lake, and thank you all for joining me today. And um, Special shout out to OnGage uh, for all their support and um, have a good day, guys. <laughs>